Hey, good morning everybody, and welcome back. Adam Smith here from Bible Truth Baptist Church in Fort Myers, Florida, and I'm recording from my house right now, uh, today. And, you know, we're going to do today um, one of my favorite things, and that's kind of to do a kind of a character study and look at a particular person and kind of break down <clears throat> what we can about what the Bible has to say about that particular person, their ministry, how they performed as servants of the Lord, what they did uh, to perform as servants for the Lord. And we're going to look at one that is kind of a forgotten faithful servant. He's mentioned five times here uh, in the Bible, and there's not a whole lot mentioned about him, but there's a whole lot we can kind of grasp about his ministry from what God's Word uh, says and if you would go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 4 and we haven't I studied this years ago but this is one of my favorite lessons to look at one of my favorite people to look at and I wanted to kind of change it up a little bit this week and uh, look at Tychicus here and and here in Colossians 4 we have a list of several forgotten faithful servants and I just want to look at one in particular and maybe we'll look at some other ones down the line, maybe even next week, I don't really know. But I really want to look at Tychicus here this week. And in Colossians 4, and starting in verse 7, All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. Though Nesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son, to Barnabas, touching whom ye received commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them that are in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, who is another one of my favorite people to kind of look at, and Demas, greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphus and the church which is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of, Laodicea, of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Acrippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. This salutation by the hand of me, Paul. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. You know, near the end of many of Paul's letters, uh, he mentions by name some of the individuals whom he wants to send greetings. While most would recognize the name Andrew, for example, many of how many of you have heard of Aristarchus? If asked what we know about him, 
I would imagine there might be kind of a long silence. What about Tychicus here? What do you know about him? Well, we just read that he's mentioned here in verse verses 7 and 8, and, and while they're just two, I mean, they're relatively short verses or not, I mean, this is just two verses here in Colossians chapter 4. We might say this is all we know about him. Uh, we know that Paul says he's beloved brother, a faithful minister, a fellow servant of the Lord, and he was sent uh, unto you for the same purpose that you might know your estate and comfort your heart. So, I mean, okay, well, that's okay. He was a messenger sent by Paul to kind of declare a few things and let people know how he was doing. Uh, but as we dig, we're going to see that there's just a whole lot more here, too, than he was just a simple messenger. Um, his name means one, or he's just one who encourages. His name means fortunate. And I would think that he would consider himself pretty fortunate in regards to he got to serve the Lord. And he got to be a helper to Paul. And it's an extremely important thing to know that Paul wrote this about you, to know that he was beloved by Paul. Paul always found a way to kind of thank people that were helpers of him. Uh, but he's one who encourages here, uh, one who is faithful, one who is beloved, and a great example really for all of us. He was a native of Asia, possibly Ephesus, and he's mentioned four other times, so five times total, like I mentioned. Uh, Tychicus was a fellow worker with the Apostle Paul. Again, I already mentioned his name. Means means fortunate. Each time he is mentioned, he is either traveling with or for the Apostle Paul. Tychicus was with Paul during his journey from Macedonia to Jerusalem and later helped Paul when the Apostle was imprisoned in Rome before Paul sent him to Ephesus. The first time Tychicus appears in Scripture is in Acts chapter 20, and let's go ahead and turn there, Acts chapter 20, and verse 4. And there accompanied him into Asia, Sopater of Berea, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby and Timothy, and of Asia, Tychicus, and uh, Trophimus. And if I butcher names, you're just going to have to bear with me. I do well to speak English, uh, let alone say some of these very hard names. But we see uh, Tychicus is mentioned here in, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 4, and this is the first time he is mentioned in Scripture. At the end of the Apostle Paul's third missionary journey, he is getting ready to go to Jerusalem for the Feast of Shabbat, which we know to be Passover in order to take money to the needy saints in the holy city. And let's go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, just to read this uh, for uh, background information. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So we see Paul kind of gathering um, the money here. Uh, and, and let's jump to chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians. 
in verses 1 through 9 here, Second Corinthians 8. Starting in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberal liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to see us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion, for the forwardness of others, and prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And we could keep reading on through chapter 9 and verse 5 in, in chapter 9 verses 1 through 5 it goes on actually through verse 7 it talks about God loveth a cheerful giver so Paul here is taking money or acquiring money to give to the needy saints of the holy city here and this is the reference uh, to him doing that. During the apostle Paul's first imprisonment in Rome, Paul was told about the doctrinal problems in the churches of Colossae. Paul had never visited Colossae, but let's go to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 1. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. So we see that there are many that had not seen his face in the flesh, that he had not been there uh, to see them. Yet, regardless of that, whether he had been there or not, uh, he was deeply concerned about their spiritual condition. Uh, and the, and the, specifically the spiritual conditions of the churches there in Colossae. And... I mean, it was possibly established by some of the students that he and others had trained, uh, it, just by way of reference of that in Acts chapter 19. Verse 9. Quickly here. Uh, but when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of Tyrannus. So we see Paul uh, training folks here, um, disputing or reasoning uh, daily in the school of one uh, Tyrannus. Uh, so, you know, some of these students have been trained and taught, and I'm sure that, that Ephesus was... Um, just needed some extra attention here um, from from Paul, uh, which uh, they were trained by some of these students here. 
um, possibly uh, established by some of the students of Paul. But he was deeply concerned about it. So Paul had four purposes in sending Tychicus to Asia Minor. First and foremost, he was to return the runaway slave turned Christian, Onesimus to his owner Philemon, which were mentioned here in our opening text in Colossians uh, and Colossae. Second, he was to deliver at least four letters to three churches and one individual. Third, he was to ascertain the situation at Colossae and report back to Paul. Finally, he was to give a verbal update to the churches and individuals that he visited on his journey uh, of Paul's condition and activities while under house arrest in Rome. Now, they knew that he was under house arrest, but Paul did not want them to worry about him, but rather he wanted them to be encouraged. And so often we, we're kind of the opposite. We want people to kind of pity us and worry about us and fuss over us. But Paul wanted to encourage them and let them know of his activities while he was under house arrest here in Rome. He was counted among those many witnesses that heard the words of Paul and then committed to them in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, and I would imagine the church in Ephesus where they were founded by one of those many witnesses, a student of Paul. Uh, many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I mean, certainly, I think Tychicus would fall under this umbrella of this verse. So uh, Tychicus is being sent here <clears throat> to encourage the hearts of the Colosse Colossians. I'm sorry, I almost said, I was thinking of Colosseum for whatever reason. Colossians. Perhaps he told them what Paul said to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 1. And this is definitely going to be uh, a Bible drill. I'm going to use a lot of scripture today. But Philippians 1, verse, starting verse 12, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. So if he's going to be encouraging the uh, folks here, uh, then I would imagine he's saying, don't worry about me, just much like we're reading here in verse 12. Uh, we would think, oh, why am I in prison? Oh, this is uh, this hardship. I'm just trying to be a servant of, to the Lord and for the Lord. And you just, here I am in prison. Woe is me. Woe is me. And that's just typical how we kind of react and respond. Uh, but all these things happened to Paul, and he wanted to emphasize this point that it's okay, it happened for the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all their places. So think about the places he's uh, reaching. Uh, he's preaching to the guards, he's preaching and standing up. He, he always took opportunity. If you look at Paul with Festus, uh, he uh, preached. <laughs> And gave his ministry and his witness. Uh, to, he just did, he didn't care who his audience was. So if he's uh, locked up, he's preaching to the guards. He's writing letters. He's people were coming to him and, and talking to him. Uh, he's going to all other places. So while he's physically bound there in Rome or in prison, and he can't physically travel places like a missionary would like to do, like missionaries are told to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We all are told to do that. Missionaries are called to go, and he can't go. He's under house arrest. But just because he's geographically locked into one place, 
his ministry is still branching out. How's that getting out? It's not like he could broadcast on Facebook like we're doing today. It's not like he could put out a podcast like we try to do. Uh, it's so much harder. He can't send an email. He can't send a text message. He can't make a phone call. Uh, they they couldn't send a Pony Express or anything like that. They didn't have any of these modern technologies and, and advancements that we have today. But yet we see he's sending out all other places. How is that possible? Because of Tychicus. Messengers like Tychicus willing and ready and able to travel, to be faithful ministers, to go to all these places and deliver these letters that Paul was inspired by God to write. That's how. So we may look at Tychicus and go, okay, he's a messenger. Look what he's delivering. The letters that he delivered, we are still reading today. We are still studying Paul today. And we're still blessed by them today. So let's not look down at a particular task and think, oh, I wanted something a little more glamorous, a little more pizzazz. I wanted something that would garner a little more attention, a little more respect. Look what Tychicus did. Because God chose him and called him to perform these particular tasks that doesn't get a lot of fanfare. He didn't write the letters. Paul wrote the letters, and Paul would get most of the attention because he was the missionary. He was, you know, after Christ, he's the, the, he was the second best uh, missionary ever. And a lot of people want them to be that. They like to be the center of attention. I'm sure we all know folk that love to be the center of attention, very dramatic and things like that. Look at me, look at me. But Tychicus was just happy to be a minister, to do what he could, to serve the Lord, to help Paul. Uh, everybody wants to be a pastor or a teacher or something, and, and not everybody's going to be a preacher. Just That's just the bottom line. Not everyone's going to be a preacher. Not everyone's going to be a pastor. And my dad was a deacon for years, and he finally became a pastor. He was in his 60s. I mean, you just... Be humble, uh, be faithful with whatever God's called you to do, and if he calls you to be a pastor, great, do that faithfully and rely wholly upon him. But if he doesn't, just deliver the letters. <laughs> Help out any way possible. It's, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about any of us. It's about Almighty God and the gospel message. That's the most important part. And Tychicus was fine with that. Um, because look at the example that he set and look at the work that he performed. We're still benefiting. We're still reaping the benefits of what Tychicus had done in delivering these letters to these churches and these individuals. It's just, it's a blessing. You have to have people that are willing to get their hands dirty that are willing to do things and not get pats on the back. And I know my dad had a guy uh, that has gone home to be with the Lord. His name was Jim there at Midland, uh, there in Franklin Furnace, Ohio, Midland Missionary Baptist Church. And he just did stuff. 
hey, we need, my dad would just mention, hey, we, I, we need to really kind of get this done or this fixed or something. Oh, there's an issue with something in, on, on a sink or the sign needs repaired or something. He just did it. Didn't have to ask him. You just offhanded, just kind of say, oh, well, you know, we, we'll have to get to this and get this fixed or get that issue resolved. And the guy just did it. We need people like that. that just doesn't, they don't care about credit. They don't care. They just want to see the work done. Tychicus was a great example of that because we see that while Paul was locked away, he was physically limited, he still had others he could rely on. They didn't have all the wonderful things that we have today um, by way of technology, but God called Tychicus to perform an amazing, amazing function. And let's uh, keep reading here. I want to look at one more verse. I and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds. So there are people that are encouraged by hearing the encouragement of, of Paul being in bonds. That while he's in bonds, yet he's still serving the Lord in an amazing uh, fashion. Uh, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And you know, it, if you look at Paul and you see, okay, well, he's in prison, but God is still using them. That should be an encouragement to us. And, and thankfully, Tychicus was willing to go and deliver these letters so people will be encouraged to serve the Lord faithfully. We need folks like that today. This is a quality that I think we all need to have. Uh, everyone gets despondent, discouraged, disgruntled at times. I know at work, sometimes people, they want for a lack of a better term, I guess, be somebody. I mean, it's just, but there's just, sometimes there's no one to be. Uh, there's no ladder to climb. There's no goal to just do your job. Just do it and get paid and do what you're supposed to do faithfully. And sometimes people don't want to do that. They get disgruntled. They want more when, no, no. You've been given an assignment and you just need to do it. But an encouraging word can make a difference. So he was a faithful minister. William McRae suggests the characteristics of this gift in these terms. Quote, The person with the gift of service has an unusual capacity to serve faithfully behind the scenes in practical ways to assist in the work of the Lord and encourage and strengthen others spiritually. So not only was Tychicus a minister, exercising his gifts of the ministry, but he had the quality of being faithful in that ministry. And there's a big difference. You can be a minister and not be faithful in the ministry and not do much of anything. But he was determined to do whatever he could to help in the ministry. As Paul stated to the Corinthian believers in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. It doesn't say you need to be found smart. It doesn't uh, say you need to be a great speaker, an eloquent speaker. I'm certainly not that. I'm really not smart either. But uh, it, it, you just need to be found faithful a lot. This can be said about faithfulness. It's an important quality that is not encouraged enough. And we don't pamper that as enough. We don't encourage that enough. 
We need to find ourselves faithful. The final description is that Tychicus is a fellow servant slash slave uh, to the Lord. Uh, on several occasions, Paul calls himself a servant or slave to Jesus Christ. That's Romans 1, verse 1, Philippians 1, verse 1, and Titus 1, verse 1. We won't take the time to look at those. You can look at those on your own if you uh, want to. But uh, in this epistle, Paul characterizes Epaphras, also from Colossae, uh, as a fellow servant there in Colossians 1 and verse 7. Uh, let's do, we'll look at that since we're relatively uh, close to that, just a few pages over. Colossians 1, verse 7, as, also, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. I like that. Notice that. For you or on your behalf. Um, so often we don't appreciate our faithful ministers. We're quick to kind of judge. We're quick to complain. We're quick to, well, you could have handled that better. Or you should have said this, or you shouldn't have done that, or you know we, we'll we'll criticize ministers like that. I've seen people turn on preachers at the drop of a hat, uh, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> where did that come from? Uh, they've been faithful for years and years and years, and rarely asked for anything, and then all of a sudden you're jumping all over them. If you have a faithful minister that is faithful in God's word. You need to thank God for them because, honestly, they're rare and they're becoming even more rare as the Lord's return tarries. Churches are struggling and they're not, there just aren't as many ministers, faithful ministers, as there, as there once were. If you have one, thank God for them. But chapter 4 here of Colossians in verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So we see a bondservant, um, slave here to the Lord. And, you know, Paul is trying to identify Onesimus with himself. Um, he's the slave, of course. I just I don't want to labor this point too much because maybe we'll cover it um, uh, a little bit later. Uh, but Paul's trying to identify Onesimus, the, the who was the runaway slave, who was being uh, returned back to Philemon um, with himself. You know, he slaves weren't. They were slaves, right? And usually what would you do with a runaway slave? You would deal with them in a, in a harsh, negative manner, usually. Um, but Paul's trying to put him on the same level with himself and with Epaphras and with Tychicus as well. You know, we're all slaves to the Lord. And so he's really pushing that term uh, slaves. And he entreats Philemon to receive Onesimus, not as a slave or a servant, but in Philemon uh, verse 16, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave a beloved brother. And that'd be a tough pill to swallow, wouldn't it? You know, we were slaves to sins, to sin, but now, guess what? Through the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood, we are slaves to him. We are now, we were once his enemies, but now we are his children. 
we're so harsh, <laughs> we're so judgmental. We are we hold grudges on folks, and you know Paul is he's really smart here and trying to put Onesimus on his on the same level as himself, and, and encouraging Philemon to take him back as a beloved brother. What a great study! Maybe we'll study that some other time. But Paul wanted the Colossian believers to know how Paul was surviving his house arrest in Rome. Uh, most likely Tychicus and Onesimus would have begun with the greetings from Epaphras and recounted his imprisonment and burden to pray uh, for the work at Colossae. Uh, they would have been told of the boldness of the Apostle Paul in sharing the gospel with the guards. Uh, everyone thought Paul was a captive in Rome, and in fact the guards were his captives because they could not leave their post for eight hours. They were stuck listening to Paul preach for eight hours. So, so much for Paul being the captive. Paul, they thought they were guarding the captive, but Paul had a captive audience with the guards. They weren't going to be able to go anywhere. And good luck shutting Paul up when he's in prison. What's he doing? He's preaching, he's singing songs, and he's doing whatever he can. Uh, he's not wallowing and laying in bed and, and woe is me uh, type attitude. Paul took advantage of his captive audience to share the gospel. Uh, in Philippians uh, chapter 1, I think I might have already read this. I did, but we'll, we'll skip it then. Um, Onesimus would have shared his testimony as to how he came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ after meeting Paul. Can you imagine that? What are the odds? You know, you escape from Philemon and run into Paul and uh, you are saved. And I mean, you would think he would just be worried about laying low and wanting to um, just escape and be free and, and not worry about uh, any of this. And it's just amazing to me. Um, he probably never would have dreamt that, right? He probably never would have uh, dreamt that he would run into uh, Paul and then all of a sudden be um, saved and be uh, a servant to the Lord. Of all random, right? There are no such things as coincidences. Nothing's random. God worked this out for a purpose. And we're still, again, reaping the benefits of this uh, by learning here. But let's go to Philemon and let's look at verse 10. I beseech ye thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. So of all the places in all the world, uh, Onesimus finds himself uh, sitting at the feet of Jesus via listening to Paul's sermons and testimony and uh, ministry and ends up being saved. And think why would a slave go back to their owner? Because that's what's happening here. Onesimus is going back to Philemon. Uh, and, and Paul's encouraging Philemon to, to take him back as a brother, not just as a slave, but as a brother in Christ. And it takes a lot of faith to go back. You know he's changed. You know he's not the same man that he was before, talking about Onesimus here, the fact that he's going back has faith that God will take care of him when he returns home to the person that was once his owner when he was a slave. So that's just, again, we see the awesome power of God at work here. But Tychicus is in charge of 
kind of taking him back and putting him back um, where he is supposed to be to make things right, uh, to face uh, the music, I guess, and uh, do the right thing. So there must have been a much rejoicing at the news of the salvation of souls, especially this miraculous intervention here in this particular person's life, but all the, the lives that were touched by Paul's ministry, uh, how God used Paul is just an amazing, amazing thing. All these things were shared to comfort the believers that they, uh, they would have realized that the Lord was the God of all comfort, who just comforts the downcast. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So you know, we can have comfort. Even in prison, we can have comfort, knowing God's using us in some way. And, and Paul understood that, and people were comforted to hear from Paul, to know that God was still using him. Uh, being in prison isn't the end. Uh, you can continue being faithful in Psalm 94. And verse 19. In the multitude of my thoughts, within me thy comforts delight my soul. So we should love the comfort of the Lord and what his word provides. In Psalm 119 and verse 50, This is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me, or given me life here, quickened me, made me alive. And Romans 15 and verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. So the Tychicus delivering these letters gave not only those he, were, he was delivering them to and the churches he was meeting with and giving an update on Paul, giving them comforts, giving us comfort today. Because we still have these same letters, and they are still being a blessing uh, to us. Uh, let's go to Ephesians 6. Tychicus went on to his hometown of Ephesus. In this epistle, Paul stated why he sent Tychicus in chapter 6 of Ephesians, verses 21 and 22, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that ye might know our affairs and that, ye might, that he might comfort your hearts. So these instructions are similar to what Paul wrote to the letter, uh, in the letter to the Colossians, where there are, you know, there are some differences that are very instructive. First, Tychicus and Onesimus are mentioned together in Colossians, but only Tychicus is mentioned in Ephesians. Uh, there's no mention of Onesimus in the Ephesians epistle because he was not with Tychicus at the time after being sent back to Philemon. So the drop-off has already taken place. Paul does not ask Tychicus to assess what's going on in Ephesus like he did for the Colossians situation. The Ephesians assembly was strong and healthy, and they must not have had any uh, doctrinal problems. Uh, they were doing very well, it would appear, in Titus chapter 3 and 
and verse 12, um, when I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychicus, be diligent to come unto Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. Uh, so we see on the road again, and with Paul, and possibly Luke here to replace Titus on Crete. It seems that uh, Artemis, who of whom we know nothing more than just his name being mentioned here in this verse, and of course Tychicus is mentioned here in Titus 3 and verse uh, 12, uh, they were traveling with the Apostle Paul. And Paul was trying to decide who to send to Crete to replace Titus in the work that he was doing. In 2 Timothy 4 and verse 12, Antichicus have I sent to Ephesus. Well, Tychicus apparently was not sent to Crete to replace Titus because he is with Paul in Rome during his second imprisonment which took place soon after Paul wrote to Titus. And here we find that Tychicus was sent to Ephesus. He had his own work to do. He could have easily gotten disgruntled here. Again, he, why, why wasn't I chosen? His feelings could have been hurt, his ego bruised or damaged. And I wanted to replace Titus. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I, it should have been me. And no, that's not his attitude whatsoever. It wasn't for him. God didn't call him for that purpose. He was fine to do whatever God wanted him to do. So we see he was sent to Ephesus. He had his own thing to do. He wasn't meant to be in Crete to replace Titus. He had another job to do. Um, the Apostle Paul, let's think about this. The Apostle Paul wrote some 13 books of the Bible, inspired by Almighty God to, to write these things. These, these, these words were God-breathed. Tychicus carried at least four letters, Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon, and 2 Timothy, and possibly a fifth letter, 2 Corinthians, uh, that were inspired by the Holy Spirit here. What some might consider kind of a mundane task of carrying letters for the apostle, what am I, a, a donkey that I just carry stuff around for this guy who keeps getting locked up in prison? Tychicus looked at it as an important task. Because these epistles were used to build up the body of Christ in all those churches. And it encouraged those individuals that received those letters. Tychicus will be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ for his faithfulness in exercising his spiritual gift that was used to accomplish this important mission. What might have seemed like a trivial, busy work, like why me? Why do I have to travel all these miles? Why do I have to put myself at risk delivering these letters and wear myself out and travel, travel, travel? And it's exhausting, it's dirty, it's hot. It's, there's just so much involved. But he was faithful throughout the whole way doesn't say he complained. The Bible doesn't say he whined and moaned about it. It says he was a faithful servant. And he'll be rewarded. Uh, 2 Corinthians. We're not told... who this verse is kind of referring to. 
but it would be very fitting if it were about Tychicus in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 18. And we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. I don't know who this is written about, but it is fitting for Tychicus. Because um, the gospel message was sent forth via Tychicus, um, delivering these letters from Paul. Let's go to First Thessalonians. Chapter 5 and verse 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. So edifying one another is important. Comforting one another is important. Tychicus was able to do that uh, in his ministry in delivering these letters. In Psalm 133. In verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So at least Tychicus was able to kind of encourage, unify folks around the Word of God and to be used of God to, to bring folks together. Maybe they were having issues. Uh, we know some places were, especially the Corinthians were having issues. Uh, but in delivering these letters, that God's Word was able to unify folks. And it wouldn't have happened if God hadn't sent Tychicus to deliver it. So be thankful to do whatever. Be faithful to do whatever God wants you to do. If you can do nothing but open doors, you should try to be the best doorkeeper you can possibly be. If you can do nothing but pray for folks, pray. Be the hardest prayer you can be. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Just do that. There are no small jobs in the service of God. There's none more important than the other. So many folks want to be the preacher because they get to stand in front of everybody. <laughs> so many men want to be preachers because they get to stand in front of everybody and all the eyes are on them and all the ears are listening to what they have to say. That's not the point. The point is rightly dividing God's word and preaching God's word and hoping God gets all the glory out of it. That's the most important part. And there's some that nothing will do them unless they are the preacher. Or they are the center of attention. And all the eyes are on them and all the ears are listening to what they have to say. If all we can do is pray, do that. Not everybody's going to be a preacher, not everybody's going to be a teacher, not everybody's going to be a song leader, not everybody's going to have a flashy ministry. It's not about being a flashy minister either. It's about being a humble, faithful servant of God. No matter what the Lord has called us to be, preachers, deacons, elders, song leaders, doorkeepers, we should give our very best. That way we can hear, well done, thou good and faithful Servant. Let's go to Psalm 84 since we're kind of close there anyway. Verse 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. So there's nothing better than serving the Lord, even if you're just opening doors for folks and greeting folks and saying hello and shaking their hands and giving them a hug. I love giving people hugs and shaking hands and seeing folks, especially with what's going on now. We haven't been able to do that.
can't wait for that uh, to happen again very soon. So we pray God will open the door for us to uh, be back together and assemble together very, very soon. But let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. i got to wrap this up, and I'm sure many people are saying amen, although you could just turn me off. But if you haven't yet, I'm glad you haven't, and I hope the Lord blesses you uh, through the preaching of his word. But 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31, Wherefore, or whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God, even something as trivial as eating or drinking. Well, how can that be unto the Lord? Well, you could give thanks. You could pray at a restaurant. People see it. I mean, not that you should pray for people to see, but you never know what seed could be planted when you're just praying and giving God thanks legitimately with your heart, saying thank you to the Lord, and someone sees that. Uh, Galatians. One and verse ten for I for do I now persuade men or God for or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. So our goal should be to please God and give him the glory, not worry about what man has to say, not worry about getting pats on the back and good message, preacher. Well you want it to be a good message because you want God to receive the glory and honor. But not us. Tychicus was worried about being a faithful minister to God and that God receive the honor and glory. In Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. You don't serve yourself. You don't serve the church members. You serve the Lord. That's what you're doing it for. Zechariah 4. Verses 8 through 10. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with the, those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. Then answered I and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? I, we should stop to verse 10. But who despised the day of small things? Um, in God's work... Small, there are no small things. We may be weak as instruments, um, but God chooses weak instruments a lot. Uh, he can choose weak vessels like us to bring about great things, and praise God that he does. Um, in Daniel chapter 2, we got to hasten here. The last verse, I think, we'll look at. Verse 35, then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, 
and the gold broken to pieces together it became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away that no place was found for them in the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth you know as a great mountain becomes a plain before him when he pleases <laughs> he can do whatever he wants he created everything so a little stone cut out of a mountain without hands comes to fill the earth. You know, God takes small things and does great things with it. When he created this world, there was nothing. And literally, he spoke everything into existence. The beginnings may be small, but God can make small things become great and increase so much. I, mean, I know everybody keeps talking about this virus and... and uh, this COVID-19 thing and uh, this virus, this teeny tiny virus has caused so much, so many problems and so much heartache and imagine what, if it can cause, if this little virus can cause that much problem, that many problems, that much, imagine what the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed can do. So let's not despise the small things, let's be faithful in the, in the small things. And we pray God will use us to serve him faithfully. No matter what he calls us to do. It could be preaching. It could be song leading. It could be shaking people's hands, saying hello, holding the door open for folks, giving people hugs, praying for people. God has a job for us. Let's ask him to help us be faithful in doing it. I hope the Lord blesses. I hope everybody is encouraged, and I hope we'll be able to assemble together again in God's house very, very soon.